Hey, what are you going to do with Jesus in your own personal life? You're either going to, like this morning we said, you're either going to receive Him or you're going to reject Him. That's the only two things you can do. You cannot be neutral in your belief. And that's a question for all of us to answer. Will we accept Him or will we reject Him? Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message from Raul concludes our series in Mark's Gospel, and we're glad you've joined us for a challenge to honestly consider your response to Christ's ultimate sacrifice. As you explore His abandonment, arrest, and death on a cross, you'll see that Jesus gave everything He had on your behalf, and He deserves your wholehearted devotion. Let's listen in now as Raul Reese begins today's lesson in Mark chapter 15. Peter had come to a place in his life where he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. But you figure how Peter must have felt in his own heart when he denied the Lord. And the neat thing about Peter and um, Judas never ever repented. But Peter immediately came to repentance and he wept bitterly and he was sorry for what he did. And we see him restored in the book of Acts as God begins to use him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's kind of neat how God takes people and even in our own failures, in our own problem situations, how God will restore us if we would seek him and repent within our own hearts. God immediately will do that. Now Jesus is arrested. And they're taking Jesus and they're leading him away. And one of the things we're going to clarify here, the Jews did not have the power to kill anybody. That was the power of Rome. And that's why on this situation here, when they came to get Jesus, immediately they wanted to take Jesus to Pilate, so that Pilate, because Pilate was like a kind of like a political figure there, and Pilate was the only one that could actually sentence to death Jesus. You see, he was appointed by Rome. And so they didn't want to even mess with it. They wanted to take Pilate right away and Pilate to condemn Jesus Christ. But yet as we read and we study, you'll see that Pilate in his own heart and even had a dream. His wife had a dream and told him, hey, have nothing to do with this man. This man is innocent. And yet Pilate didn't listen. But he condemned the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to see a lot of things tonight in this lesson. Beginning with chapter 15 verse 1. And immediately in the morning, it's the same day, notice the chief priest held a consultation or a trial with the elders and the scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and they led him away to deliver him to Pilate. So as they're letting Jesus away, that he's now has been arrested. Remember Judas came down with 600 men that had torches and swords. And Judas betrayed him with a kiss. Literally, he would not let him go until Jesus said, enough is enough. And now what's going to happen is they're taking Jesus to Pilate to get the death sentence. And they wanted to have Jesus, notice, accused as a political leader. So the only way they could get Jesus to be condemned by the Romans is to say, this guy is a person that is coming against Rome. Then 
Rome would listen to the Jews. You see? And then they would create not only a problem, but Jesus could be condemned by the Romans. But yet, in this whole trial that he's going to go through, in verse 2, look what it says. And then Pilate asked him, when they brought him to Pilate in the morning, and then asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, and he said unto him, It is as you say. Is that what you say? Is that what you believe? And that's what it is. And it's pretty cool because what Jesus is doing here, in all of this meekness, He's giving Pilate an opportunity also to recognize that he's not a political prisoner, but he's the son of God. And he's giving Pilate an opportunity to know him too. But here, the chief priests are the ones that have the problem. Look at the accusations in verse 3. And then the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. See, he wasn't even defending himself. He was standing before Pilate and these religious leaders and they were accusing him of so many, so many things and Jesus had no defense. He just kept quiet. Why? Because he had to fulfill the scriptures in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 53, verse 7, where he didn't open his mouth, but he kept quiet. And he allowed the Father to work through his life. Then verse 4, and then Pilate asked him again saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. Hey, don't you get it, Jesus? These people hate you. And you have nothing to say about it. You have no defense at all. Look at verse 5. But Jesus still answered nothing. And so that Pilate was totally blown away by Jesus Christ. Totally blown away at his meekness. That he had nothing to say. He kept quiet. A submission to the Father, because this was the will of the Father for Him to go and to stand in trial and eventually to be put to death. And He knows that. Verse 6. And now at the time of feast of the Passover, He was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. This is the year where Pilate, in a political move, uh, has a right to release someone that is appointed with capital punishment of death and to release him and to forgive him. And so we have Barabbas come into the picture now. Barabbas and Jesus. Verse 7. And there was a guy by the name of Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels that had committed murder and rebellion. Actually, Barabbas was a political prisoner and he had committed murder because he had fought against Rome. And he had killed a lot of Romans. And they had him in the jail there. And they were going to try him. But then it says again about Barabbas in verse 8. And then the multitude crying out loud began to ask him, Do you as he had always done for them? But Pilate answered them and said, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? I mean, what do you want? There are no charges. So what do you want me to do with Jesus? And so what they had to do is they had to bring false charges against Jesus in order to condemn him. They had nothing against Jesus. Nothing at all. But yet, verse 10, For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. There is the real situation and the real problem. Think of how many people are like Pilate in some situations. Now we know in our minds... That this is by God's divine appointment. God is directing the whole thing. But at the same time, Pilate has a will. Like we have a will. 
to make the right decision. And yet how many times people that are in political power, or they're a judge or a lawyer, whatever it is, and because of their power, they abuse it. They abuse their power. And how many men that have been innocent have been tried and have been condemned, and there are people in prisons today that are not guilty, and yet they're there because of a wrong decision. That was Pilate. Not standing for the righteous, but standing for the wicked. And yet he knew the problem with the Jews. They were envious. Verse 11. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd. Notice, they now get the crowd involved. And so that he should rather release Barabbas unto them than Jesus. And Pilate answered and said unto them again. Now here's one of the most important questions, not only for them, but for the whole world today. Here's the question. What then do you want me to do with Jesus, whom you call the King of the Jews? Pretty incredible question. Hey, what are you going to do with Jesus in your own personal life? You're either going to, like this morning we said, you're either going to receive Him or you're going to reject Him. That's the only two things you can do. You cannot be neutral in your belief. And that's the question for all of us to answer. Will we accept Him or will we reject Him? Remember, they're under pressure and He's under pressure now. Verse 13, and so they cried out again, and check this out, crucify Him. They wanted to kill Him. Why did they say that? Because the chief priests began to put that into their ears. And they believed the religious leaders rather than believing God Himself. And they wanted to kill Him. And then it says, and then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil has he done? But the more he said it, the more they cried out, notice, the more really loud, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They started chanting. They wanted Jesus to be killed. And yet standing next to Jesus was Barabbas, the one that had been a true murderer. And he was unrighteous. But the people were moved by their emotions. And they made a choice. So sad. Verse 15. And then Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd. Here's his compromise. Notice that. Released Barabbas to them. And he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him. And noticed to be crucified. Verse 16. This is so sad. He says, and then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Patronium. And they called together the whole garrison. So they're going to try him now. And they clothed him with purple. And they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Which is a sign of the curse. And these are Palestinian thorns. These are not like the rose bushes here. The Palestine thorn is probably about two to three inches like that in length. Very skinny, very sharp. Imagine putting this crown of thorns on your head. And not just laying it on top of the head, but taking the crown and then shoving it into the skull. And the thorns going into his skull. And the bleeding begins in his face. And the pain that he felt because of sin. Because of your sin. Because of my sin. Jesus Christ. And then check this out. Verse 18 He says, and then they begin to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. Making fun of him. Boasting about him. And then they begin to strike him on the head. 
with a club and they spit on his face. You notice, and bowing the knee, they made him, they forced him after they spit on him and they clubbed him on the head. They forced him to get on his knees and as Jesus is standing there on his knees, they're actually pretending that they're worshiping him. What a ridicule, what a mockery. And these people didn't even understand that this was God himself incarnate in the flesh. And that one day, instead of Jesus being on his knees and being tried, they would stand before Jesus Christ and he would judge them. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us 24-7 at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. In just a few moments, we'll tell you about a book with guidance for walking in daily triumph in Christ. But first, let's rejoin Rawl for some final thoughts on today's lesson. Then he said, and when they had mocked him, they took the purple off of him, they put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. So now... The whole thing has happened. He has his cross, and they're leading him out to Golgotha, to the place of the skull. Verse 21. And then they compel a certain man, Simon Cyrenian. Now, it seems that uh, they were there. There were probably three million people for the Feast of Passover. And it seems like this Simon Cyrenian, father of Alexander and Rufus, were visiting for Passover. They came over to Simon and they tapped him on the shoulder. He said, get over here. You're going to carry his cross. Come and help him carry his cross. And then they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated the place of the skull. It's actually a place where there's a little, uh, a little mountain outside of uh, the city of Jerusalem. And when you look at this, uh, this little mountain, when you look at it, it looks like a skull. It has two holes like eyes, it has like a nose, and then like a mouth. Down below Golgotha was the place where they would take the prisoners against this skull. And they would crucify them. And they would kill them. And it is believed that this is the place where Jesus Christ was crucified with two thieves. One on his right, one on his left. So we begin to see not only Jesus not being tried but now going on his way to Golgotha, to the place of the skull. Check this out, verse 23. And then they began by doing what? They gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it white. It was kind of like an anesthesia to take away the pain. And according to the prophet in the book of Isaiah, he would not take anything to do with anesthesia. Why? Because he took upon himself all of the pain of sin on himself. Imagine that. He would not take it. He denied it. Verse 24. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Can you imagine? Now they put him on the cross. They take the nails and they place them through his hands and through his feet. They raise up the cross which uh, Mark doesn't tell us a lot about the cross, but the other Gospels do. They drop down the cross. On his right and on his left are two thieves. And one of the thieves begins to ridicule and to mock Jesus, and the other one tells him to keep quiet. Don't you understand that you're in the presence of a righteous man? And all of a sudden, one of the thieves begins to repent. 
And Jesus Christ says to him, because the thief says, Lord, will you remember me today when you come into your paradise? And Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Notice that Jesus didn't say, well, before you can go to paradise, you got to get baptized. The thief on the cross that very day went to be with the Lord as he repented. He went to be with Jesus without baptism. Now, should we get baptized? Of course we should get baptized. Why? It's only a symbol of death. It doesn't save you. It doesn't make you more holy than anybody else. Now you say, well, what happens if I die before I am ever baptized, but I receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Would I go to heaven? Of course. The thief on the cross. He died before he could ever be baptized. And he went to be with the Lord. You see? But now it's a sad moment because now Jesus is going to be hanging on that cross. Look what it says. Verse 25. And now it was the third hour and they crucified him. Can you believe that? They crucified him at 9 o'clock in the morning. And he hung on the cross till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 9 o'clock in the morning they crucified him. And they put an inscription of accusation that was written above, notice, the king of the Jews. They wrote it right on top of the cross. And then the other gospel tells us the Jews became so angry because they put that on there. But it was all by divine appointment. Verse 27. And with him, they also crucified two robbers. One on his right, one on his left. And so the scripture was fulfilled according to Psalm 22, 6, 7, Psalm 69, 7, Psalm 109, 25, Lamentations 2, 15. Notice. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Notice who he died with, sinners. And yet he was no sinner. He was God. And yet here he is among sinners. Verse 29. And those who pass by, notice instead of having compassion and feeling sorry for Jesus, they blasphemed him. And they were wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. And likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, yet he himself he cannot save. Well, the first one is true, but the second one is false. Because he could have saved himself, but he didn't. He made the choice. Not to save himself at all. And then look what they said in verse 32. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe even those who were crucified with him revile him. The two thieves were sitting there and they were mocking him. Making fun of Jesus. Making fun of him. And yet... Immediately, as they were making fun of him, one of them came to his senses and said, Hey, what am I doing? This is the Son of God. And that's when he rebuked the other one. And Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. And then check this out, verse 33. And now when the sixth hour was come, 12 o'clock noon, three hours he's been on the cross. There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, till three o'clock in the evening. Everything became totally dark. Why? Because of man's sin. 
And then at the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Elo, Elo, Lama, Sabathani. Which is in Aramaic. It means what? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt like that? That you've been forsaken by God? Jesus, at that very moment, when he took upon himself every one of our sins, he was left alone. If the father wasn't even there. The father turned his back on the son and said, Son, I'm sorry, but I cannot help you. Why? Because Jesus at this particular moment took upon himself every one of our sins. Every one of our sins. Upon himself. And some of those who stood by, when they heard that, they said, Hey, look, he's calling for Elijah. Why? Because they didn't understand Arabic. See, they're interpreting something wrong. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine and put it on a reed and offered him to drink, saying, Leave him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. Because the Jews were looking for Elijah to come. Verse 37, And Jesus cried out, Notice, with a loud voice, and he breathed his last, which means in the other gospel it says, Spirit, now you can go. He's the only one in the history of man that what? He was the only one that could say to his own spirit, Spirit, you can go now. You're dismissed. And he died immediately. Well, if you've never fully surrendered your heart to Jesus, we pray that today's focus on His saving sacrifice has inspired you to make this life-changing commitment. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, to review today's lesson, just call us at 800-634-9165, and we'll be happy to send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, simply ask for Raul's teaching from Mark chapters 15 and 16. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' powerful book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Drawing from his Vietnam War experience, Rawls will show you how to recognize Satan's attacks and utilize Bible-based tactics for successful combat and the battle that's raging daily over your heart and life. You'll see that when you come to Jesus in true repentance and faith, you're grounded and protected in His mighty name. So don't wait. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. We'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't forget, we're here to help you experience the personal, rewarding relationship that God desires to have with you. Let us know how we can best support you. We'd also love to tell you about the many ways that you can connect with us here at Somebody Loves You Radio. Download our free app to your iPhone or Android for instant access to digital Bible studies and an easy scripture reading plan to direct your daily devotions. You'll also want to join Roll for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. It's a Q&A program that provides timely guidance for godly living. 
And for more of Rawls' teaching, podcasts of all of these programs can be downloaded through Spotify or iTunes. If you'd like to partner with us in keeping Scripture-rich teaching on the air, call us at 800-634-9165. We always appreciate your generous tax-deductible donations. Well, today's lesson brings us to the end of our series in Mark's Gospel, and we hope it's been a blessing to you. Don't miss out on the next broadcast. Roll will join us in the studio for straight talk about the vital importance of daily personal devotion time. Here's Roll once again with a closing word of encouragement from today's lesson. Check this out. And then the veil of the temple was torn. You notice that? The veil actually torn in half. What is that? That is in the holiest of holies. In the holiest of holies, the curtain, I mean, the curtain was thick. It went from the bottom to the top and it ripped in half. Why? What was Jesus doing? He was breaking tradition. He was breaking the law. And now he was extending his grace and his love and his mercy to people that would come to him. Why? Because before Jesus Christ died on the cross and before this was ever rented, before it was rented completely, the veil. Nobody could go in, only the priest, once a year on the holies of holies. What? On Yom Kippur, he could go in. And now anybody can come into the holies of holies because of Jesus Christ. You see? That's why he tore that temple. The veil was torn in half from the bottom to the top. Verse 39. And so when the centurion who stood opposite to him saw him, they cried out likewise, notice like this, and breath is last. And he said, truly this man was the son of God. A true confession. When they saw him take his last breath, this centurion is going to be in heaven with us. We're going to see him. He said, this man was the son of God. Instant conversion at the cross of Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.